Comrades in arms, dig yourself a cozy little foxhole, heat your beans over a can of sterno, and oh my god, this hole is full of foxes! <laughs> Because it's time to talk tall to me. Let it go. Let go of my pants. My beans! <laughs> Every time. Warm your foxes over a can of sterno. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. We are feckless momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A hundred year military struggle through the misty valley of Prague Rock. Song by song, album by album, Captain Nick and Omen the Bugle Boy will fight their way through the Battle of the Bungle, the conflict of Cross Eyed Mary, the Fat Man fight, all soldiering on for Queen and Country under the iron fist of General Anderson. We'll dodge the basest bullets, get caught in the bunker bash, and when we are inevitably cut down by the sharp words of the Peacock's men, we will be whisked away on the, to the cold wind to Valhalla on a cloud of Dee Palmer's strings. That was, that was beautiful. Thank you. That was pure poetry. No, thank you. Yeah, when I write it on the note card, I run out of space, so it has to be short. But on, when, ah. I, when I write it digitally, I'm just like, <laughs> just no. I've got uh, all the space in the world. All the space that I could ever want. So here we are, Nick. Welcome back. Here we are. Guess what? Omen. What? We're still in War Child. That's yeah. We are on the penultimate track of War Child. So the end is in sight. The end is in sight. The dawn is always darkest right before the night, or what? something like that. Somewhere, some something like that. I'm sure astrologists would be, would 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 agree with you. Astronomists would not. Yeah, no, no. So, <laughs> so Nick, do we have anything before we jump into this week's song? We do. I have I have just Marley on the payroll today. Oh, okay. Marley. Yeah. Oh, oh, here, it, here it comes. Thank, thanks, Marley. I'm still on the property. Uh, Mary, Mary, get away from the window. I can see you. Mary, what do we... I can see what you're wearing and I don't approve. Mary, Mary, please. Embarrassing that's, me. That's embarrassing. You should have let me press your shirt. <laughs> okay, but Marley handed me the paper. She was just yelling at you. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, okay. I've got two two quick things. Okay. First thing... Just recently, Rolling Stones put out their top 500 albums. Oh. They just updated the list. Okay. Jethro Tull's not on there at all. You're kidding. I kid you not. 500 albums. 500 albums. And Aqualung is not on there? Ben Gerson must be striking from the grave. And and he did not allow it to happen, apparently. The, the coup of... Ben Gerson has held control of Rolling Stones for far too long. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Neil Young is on there a bunch. The Beatles, obviously. Rolling Stones. ACDC's on there. Okay. There's all sorts of stuff on there. I spent the time going through all 500. Yeah. No Thick as a Brick. That's, no Aqualung. I don't understand. I I think they're wrong. I thought you were going to say Rolling Stone released its top 500 podcasts about Jethro Tull. Mm. And we... Did not make 478. 478. 
Yeah, I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a fresh email that will sit in my drafts folder for a very long time. Rolling Stones. <laughs> Everyone, our our fans, Tull Army, activate! If you want to write some strongly worded words to Rolling Stone <laughs> and demand that the 500 best albums be expanded into a thousand best album list so that Jethro Tull can be included, I I encourage you to do so. Get out your thesauruses. And hold nothing back. The Sorai. Or better yet, you know what? Why don't we ask them to put out a list of Jethro Tull's top 22 albums? Hey. Top, top 22 best albums. I think that would. Yeah. I think that would appease us all, really. You know, if I were to put out my list of 500 top lists, mm-hmm. that Rolling Stone list would not be on it. Yeah. Take that, Rolling Stones. Yeah. Most Amateurs. of them would be my grocery lists, so I'm going to be honest. I've made <laughs> some, I've made some it, very good grocery lists. Pretty awesome grocery lists. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, there's a to-do list from 2007 <laughs> that was mm, primo. <laughs> amazing. Okay, so that was disappointing and sad. What else mm-hmm. do we have, yep. Nick? I have a rash of emails from Jeff B. <laughs> our, our bi- I, have a ra- I have a cream for this rash of emails uh-huh. from Jeff B., <clears throat> Your emails, sir. I'm just going to pick snippets and throw them out there because Jeff appears to be taking the lead as being one of our biggest supporters. He's the one who referenced us on the Tull Reddit page, yeah. on a couple of YouTube pages, Great. things like that. Wow. So The beehive is buzzing. The, the Jeff Beehive is buzzing away. All right, let's hear it. He says, I'm slowly listening to your episodes and just finished singing all day. Mm. I laughed about the piece regarding Ian's mother not being allowed to attend concerts. <laughs> and in the vein of Ian's mother, if you've not seen the documentary Swing In, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Ian's mom is interviewed. Ooh. I think the best part is Ian's dad playing Living in the Past on the record player in the living room. Ooh. It's like it's like a half an hour long. It was from 1969, I think. Oh my! And it's really just, I, I think documentary is is a bit generous. It feels just like basically a, a vehicle to show them playing in concert a couple of times, and that's it. Sure. But it's a great little it's a great little documentary snippet thing. I will I'll put the link in the in the show notes for everybody who wants to to find it. It's worth a half an hour. Please do. If for no other reason, just to see them performing in in 69. He says, oh, Nick, I am frustrated. I just finished my God as I work my way catching up. Nine reviews? WTF. We need to get this going. I know. I know. We're working on it. And you're working harder than we are on it. So we appreciate it. Wait, what is what is nine reviews of what? Of the podcast? We only had nine reviews at that time. Oh, well, that was like that was like a year and a half ago. And now we only have 10. 10 and a half. <laughs> ten, I never, ten I never pushed publish on that one. Oh damn it! It's it's in the it's in the barrel. You guys literally have me laughing out loud with each episode. So for that, I thank you. Aww. I will not rest until we see a massive run on five star reviews. <laughs> and just listen to Queen and Country episode. Seems it I had it wrong from the first time I heard the song. I always thought it was a statement on the high taxes the band was paying to the UK to support the Queen. Ooh. Yeah, I know, I know. It has been five long years since we signed our souls away. Matches the time that Tull was making money. Ah. 
I like it. I like it a lot. See, see, Jeffy B, this is why we love our listeners, because more often than not, you all bring perspectives that are probably more valid than our uh-huh. than our kind of musings on the subject. We're and, yeah. and as we've said before, we are we've never claimed to be tall experts. All we are trying to do is provide a venue for a lively discussion of Jethro Tull. We are we are the vehicle. You are the driver. The vehicle needs a lot of work. It's a, plenty of tune-ups. Yeah. Probably new new bearings. Yeah, yeah, that's what that vibration is. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> yeah, that's what that vibration is. Oh, that's what that's what you've been telling me. <laughs> finally, I tried to message Omen on Twitter, but it did not work. Omen, Omen, tell us the story of your Twitter. Twitter, yes. Okay, so technology and and my and me are not so good. So Twitter reset my password at some point, or perhaps I reset my Twitter password. And we may never know. And then I forgot my password. So it's been a while. It's been a number of months and I haven't been on Twitter because I I don't miss it. And also I can't remember my password. So I but I realize that it is a venue that our fans do get in touch with us through. And so I will try to reactivate my my Twitter for the sole purpose of listening to the hum of Jeff Bees of Jeff's Bees. Or you can find us on Instagram. Yes. At Feckless Momes, at Omen Sade. No, Omen. Dot Sade. Are you Omen? Omen Dot Sade? Yeah. I am. I My personal account is Mort Panto, M O R T P A N T E A U, Mort Panto. And you can email us on at momes at fecklessmomes.com. There are all sorts of ways to get in touch with us. Yes. A multiplicitude of ways to have your bees reach our sweet, sweet stamens. Sweet honeypots. Fine. And and to, to end to end this run of, of buzzing, tried to message Omen on Twitter, but it did not work. He is brilliant. Glad people are not paying attention as I walk my dog listening to your podcast. Literally LOL. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Oh, Jeffy B, this is the, this Thank is you, the encouragement that we live for. Thank you so much. That's literally this is all I'm doing it for. I I have a very fragile and minuscule ego, so these little bits every now and then. They help. Literally, they LOL. Literally, LLLLOL. There we go. LLOL. I don't, is that lick? Literally, LOL. Oh. It is literally lick. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Great. Too many L's. So, Nick, with all that having been said and done. Sure is. Shall we tell our friends? Oh, actually, wait. Before we get to that, Nick, I want to mm-hmm. play a quick round of What Are You Drinking? Mm. Wow, that was beefy. That was Captain Beefheart. That was good. So, Nick, what are you drinking this fine morning? I have a, in my mug, I have tears, (laughs) disappointment. No, I have Starbucks pumpkin spice roast that I, I brewed up myself. Wow. With a little apple pie spice on top of that. That's great, Nick. You you put in yeah. the apple pie spice yourself? I did. A little 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 treat myself there, a little special treat for the morning. Good for you. Good for you. Self <laughs> self-care. I'm I'm not going to tell you where else the apple pie pie spice is, I, but it's in the coffee too. I am drinking a Pamplemousse Lacroix sparkling water. Pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. 
is French for grapefruit? Yes, it is. Yeah. And La Croix is French for pretension, right? It just means the cross, actually, but I believe it is named after a tropical island which was named after the cross because of colonialism. Thank you, colonialism. and (laughs) And it's delicious, this stuff. So it's just grapefruit sparkling water. It's sparkling water which once, while riding a train, saw a grapefruit out the window. It's thinking about grapefruit. Yeah, it's it 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 once it once bumped into a grapefruit. It's been reading about grapefruit recently. It's grapefruit curious. It's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that is what we are drinking. That is. Now that we've covered that sense, Omen, what about the sense of ears here? What are we listening to this week? We are listening to the penultimate track off of the bonus tracks from Warchild entitled Warchild 2. Warchild 2, the Warchildening. Warchild 2, the Squeakquel. Warchild 2, Electric Boogaloo. I... Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> and this is a track that I have not heard. So this is a. That's right. We've got a fresh listen alert. Fresh listen. Oh, man, we might have to. I don't think we're going to have many more of these after this, though, to be honest. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Can we do a sting that's, who is it? Is it Outcast saying so fresh and so clean, clean? Okay, great. All right, so um, without further ado, let's have a listen. Without further ado, let's listen to War Child 2s. <laughs> Let me just get a sip of the pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. Du le pamplemousse. A sip of the pamplemousse. <laughs> a sip of the pamplemousse, do you? <laughs> so, Nick McGill. Omen, how do you feel about War Child 2? I have uh, I have feelings. I have, mm-hmm. I okay. have feelings. Go on. I'm feeling, feeling a little disappointed. What? And I'm feeling excited at the same time. Okay. I <laughs> I need I I need some some description here. I need some some explanation. Well, okay. So if for me, I guess I'm I'm Okay. L- let me let me organize my thoughts here for a second. All right. <laughs> All files deleted. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Who am I? Control-Alt-Delete. Control-Alt-Delete. So I feel like just based on previous occurrences uh, in Jethro Tull, for instance, we have Sea Lion and Sea Lion 2. Those are okay. those are really different songs. Mm-hmm. War Child and War Child 2, to me, I wouldn't really call them different songs. No. I would say that War Child 2 is an alternate arrangement of War Child. War Child 2 is a reprise that comes later in the movie. Oh, this is your film theory again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. Now, do you have any, what do you call those, facts to back this up? Nope. Okay. No, no not at all. No. That's fine. Pure conjecture. That's great. Well, that's what we do best here. In fact, that's uh-huh. what we do 
only, exclusively. At, at all. <laughs> at all. And, and I am very excited to explore that, that idea with you. But I also mm-hmm. do want to say that it does really seem to me like this was just a, an alternate take. Like they were, they had the mm. lyrics, they had the themes, yep, they had the instrumentation, and they were playing around in the studio and they were like, well, what if we do it this way? And then they tried it and they were like, mm, could be better. We could master it and produce it better. Yeah, or, you, you know, maybe it was, maybe it was different takes of the same recording. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same recording session. Sure. And I like it. I actually I actually enjoy it really a lot as a song. I think it's a great alternate take yeah. for War Child, and I'm excited to talk about some of the specifics with that. But I don't think it's a, I don't think you can call it a different song. I, I, I'm I'm sticking with my reprise theory. I really am. I think that's what it is. I I I don't think I don't think it would behoove us to think of it as a a separate song in and of itself, like you can get away with Sea Lion and Sea Lion Two. Oh yeah, because the construction is totally different. The lyrics are totally different. Mm. No, I don't think it hooves us to to call these different songs. I think we need to think of these as, as you say, a reprise, or as I'm saying, an alternate take. Yeah, and and I want to hear more about your reprise film theory. Go. Well, I I just think if if because the movie is called War Child, right? You know, this is this is not. I don't think this is one of those instances where a couple of episodes ago where we're like, could this have been in the movie? How do you think this would fit? Where we're trying to trying to fit that into the narrative of the movie or the idea of a soundtrack, right? I think this has a lot more going for it in terms of of sticking to the theory of the soundtrack. Because the the movie is War Child, presumably the main theme is the War Child theme, mm. which ties in with the War Child waltz and now War Child Two. So, in the structure of the the hypothetical film that never got produced, which someday Nick we will someday we will have an angel donor from our listeners who will give us three quarters of a million dollars to produce mm-hmm. to to actually produce War Child the film. Yep, and we're going to go about it the right way. We're going, to get a, we're going to get the blessing of Ian Anderson. Mm-hmm. We're going to get John Cleese as yep. an artistic consultant. Yep. Robert Pattinson is going to star in it. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, he's, he's good. And, I like his later work, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen, have you watched The Lighthouse? No. Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. and Willem Dafoe? No, I haven't. Highly I've heard, recommend I've heard it's it. really good, yeah. It's really good, yeah. I'm following closely the development of the Batman film. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> wow! I just, I just, I'm done with superhero movies. So much judgment, but like, in three but like a black and white indie set in in New England in the 1800s with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, I, I'm sure you would watch that with with your pumpkin fact, flavored things. <laughs> Great. So, so in the film, where would this, where would this track be? Probably Act Three. I think generally the reprise is it comes comes in the second half before the actual climax. I think. Okay. I think it's it's still the we 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 know our our actual problem. We know we know the issue that needs to be overcome, right. and it's the 
It is the the building up of that tension. Gotcha. So this is. So so the first time we saw it was maybe at the top of the film. Right. The 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 original War yeah. Child. Yeah. Yeah. It set the yeah, scene. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Mm-hmm. And now this is a reminder. Stuff is hard. Our hero might not succeed. Oh. oh, it might live. Thank you. Might live. Yeah, I think I I I'm very comfortable with the, with that that strong decision that I have made <laughs> with little to no consequence in my my everyday life. Yeah, I I I think that's very brave of you. <laughs> I know. I'm taking a stand. I just I love this song so much. Mm-hmm. Because we we're it's giving us that theme that we know, but the 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 sonic representation that the instrumentation is is while it's still uh, all of the same instruments and all of the same sounds of those instruments, it's so drastically different to me. And it's 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 a little bit simpler, but they they definitely put the emphasis on different instruments than they do in the, in in War Child One. Like they rock the snot out of the accordion. I'll take it down to that bright city mile. They sure do, yeah. I, I noticed that straight away. And even the piano in the beginning, too. Like, they're really heavy on those. Unless this day, each night I die. Yeah, and we might actually have to go back and listen to War Child, War Child, War Child. Mm-hmm. And, and hear some of the differences because in the original track, is it not an organ? Or does it not oh. go into the organ at some point or is it just piano? I'm assuming it's it's organ. This the original. Let's actually take a quick listen. We have the time. Yeah, yeah. And play with my games. So Nick, what's the verdict? Do we have organ or is it piano in the original? It's all piano. It's all piano. It's all piano. I I stand one hundred percent corrected. As do I. I I I'm ashamed that I ever thought it was organ, but you know it's hard to remember. Three months back to the beginning of this, <laughs> my God, yeah, this album. At least that, yeah, I think so. So, uh, yeah, so the instrumentation is different, which is c- kind of as you're saying, traditional for a reprise. It reminds me a little bit of some of the other, you know, classical reprises in in performance history. If we look, for mm-hmm. instance, at one of my very favorite pieces of art, Nick, one of the best things that I think has come out of the the Broadway world in in the past decades legally blonde the musical if mm-hmm. we take a little look at that mm-hmm. yeah okay the reprise of the song legally blonde is right. great because at the beginning of the show you hear l is off to harvard and she's got in and she's like yes i'm a blonde but i'm in law school and y'all can step off and we have that I great am- song I'm legally blonde. Legally, legally blonde. Legally blonde. Right, and then at the toward the end, she's doubting herself because the evil lawyer made a pass at her, and she's like, "Oh my God, has everyone just been seeing me as like as this joke?" And you know that that I maybe I am I not really smart, and she's decided to quit law school quit her case that she's working on and quit quit being legally blonde yeah she's going to be regularly blonde 
And then... Illegally Blonde. That's a different show. Oh. Which is available on Cinemax, 8.30 to 9.30 in the morning. And oh, at, early. At, at, yeah, you gotta. Yeah. At what point? At which point? Her former rival stops her, and she's like, "Hey, listen. I know that we were after the same man, and he chose me over you because he thought that I'm more serious, and I'm more of a Jackie, and you're more of a Marilyn. But I know a good lawyer when I see one, and you have to get back on the case and get back in that on in into the books because." Do-do-do-do, show them that you're legally blonde. And she belts really high, and that's when Elle gets her confidence back and goes back to win the case. You gotta be, yeah, you gotta be, yeah, you gotta be, yeah, you gotta be, Well, I I feel like I don't need to go see it now. So well, you can't. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm 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 not legally blonde, able to go see it. Yeah, but it, so in the same way, I I can see how this could really work in the context of this film that exists mo- in its most solid form in your imagination. Okay, I'm not sure I follow the train of logic, but I believe you. Well, get on, because we're about to speed up on the on the train. Oh, okay, okay, I'll buckle up. Okay, so you said that you know it's it's the theme that starts in the beginning, right? You know, you have you have the war child track, the traditional war child track, maybe early in the film, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it says something about who our character is and and, and the situation and the hero. I feel like. When I'm imagining the film that exists in your head, primarily, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> and I listen to this track, I feel like at some point the character comes across like a street band later in the film when the, okay. when the character needs like some some confidence or when we sort of need to recenter the plot and return to the main conflict. Mm-hmm. And the street band is Jethro Tull playing this sort of more acoustic version. Yeah, and that's okay. how it's incorporated like that. into the film. That's how. That's why, like, the accordion make gives it that kind of street performance feel. Mm-hmm. And then I think from that point we we head off. We resolve the plot. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, climax is reached. Denouement occurs, and everybody goes home presumably happy. Or yeah, except the villains. Right, right. But I mean, their their happiness is not my concern. No. And then we roll the credits and then we have Jeffrey Hammond Hammond doing like a little cut scene by himself. True Marvel fashion. Are we going to get Disney to to produce this? That would be great, Nick. I would love that. I'll get, yeah. I'll get on the phone. Yeah. And, and we'll have Robert Downey Jr. play the war child ingenue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... So musically, also in here we have we have some really good bass. We have some some really, I don't want to say subdued, but it is it is kind of back in the in the the least noticeable area, like around where the drums are. A Martin's guitar is very yeah, it's pretty pulled is, back. It is pulled back. The drums are great in here. There's this point in 
where Ian is singing, now you bring me water and I'll give you wine, that we hear the toms going, just like they really come out there. Everything else, the whole rest of the song, it blends in. But right there, you get this this great little note of that. Yeah. Of the drums in there. Now you bring me The strings, obviously, at this per contract, the strings come in halfway through the second yep, chorus. Exactly. <laughs> and then sweep the rest of the way through. Yeah. The only new addition of lyrics in this Ooh, uh-huh. is open your windows and I'll walk through your doors. Let me live in your country. Let me sleep by your shores. And then Ian goes, shoot. And then the sax comes in. <laughs> Let me live in your country. Let me sleep by your shores. Shoot. Wow, I missed that. <laughs> Good ear, Nick. Yep, yep, he'll shoot. And then we have the war sounds during that last kind of fade down in the chorus, just like we're we're accustomed to with the the whole War Child album. We also have a, a bomb dropping midway through the song. If you listen carefully, we have that. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. The whole thing, Nick, has a much more acoustic feel to it. It really, like you said, the the electric guitar is way pulled back. Mm-hmm. The accordion is much more present. There's it is less mastered, which could just be a function of it not having been mastered. Right, right. But it does it feels to me more like a live take yeah it it very much has that raw feel which is really nice and fun i know that's one of the reasons i like it so much and and you're right i want to say it's acoustic even though it's definitely not i want to say it feels acoustic i think it feels more acoustic yes i don't think it's like war child unplugged no oh my god but think think hearing jeffrey on stand up and and martin on acoustic for this song Mm. oof that would be so nice. Yeah. One big musical difference that I do want to point out is that in the original track, yes, uh, before we have the chorus, War Child, Dance the Days, we have the musical riff of dum dum da dum 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 da dum with war sounds coming in and, and out. Yeah. And then we head into War Child. War Child. Yeah. And you shall. In this, those are layered on top of each other. Yeah, it jumps right into that that chorus. There's no break, and I... Love it. And you It's jarring because we're used to it the other way around, but I totally dig it. It gives it, and that that's just one more thing that gives it that rawness that it's like, we're not waiting, we're rushing through it. It sounds similar enough but it's it's a different song it's a different representation of this song that you know i almost prefer this version construction wise 
I, I, and I don't know if it's just because I've heard the original War Child more and it's like, it's more ingrained, but I do like this one more as well. Just because it's new, it's a different take on it, you know? I think for, for me what it is, is when you listen to the original, you know, the one that we're used to, mm-hmm. the verse builds up all this energy mm-hmm. uh, with the drums, uh, with the bass and everything. It really builds it up. And then when you get to that, dum, 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 which is yeah. gorgeous in itself, I feel like the the trajectory, the momentum gets lost. And then you, it has to kind of get oh. picked back up for Ian to sing "War Child," whereas Interesting. this, it's just straight into it, and I really think that it it propels it along much faster, much more, much more sustainably. That's that's really interesting because I find that instrumental portion to be to be more comforting as a bridge to connect those two pieces. Because, mm. and again, maybe it's just because it's it's muscle, it's it's neural connections in my head thinking about a war child one that and because you're a, you're a taurus because i am a taurus yeah that's that is a fact that that going right into those those war child dance the days it's very jarring for me right it's very jarring because i'm i'm used to i'm used to that that section and i feel like we've had this discussion before about about a little change in the song, a little a little change in a different version of a song that will, that to me makes it feel just a little off. Mm. But I, it's not a complaint. It's just it's it's merely an observation that I I like I like how you how you see it that it it keeps that that going. But I don't see a, a loss of of inertia with with hearing that. In the original, hearing that it's, that instrumental. Well, I think that it it provides well, in the original having that break there, it it gives your brain space to like maybe imagine things or mm-hmm. it's, it, there's opportunity for images or something, and maybe it does work better in a cinematic context. Oh, sure, sure. Where, where maybe you're cutting to an action scene or something. I have no idea, but this to me works works better. It's tighter. It's a more performative, okay, type thing. Like like. The, as soon as we started listening to it, I wrote down this is the this is the street performance version of this song because yeah. it really it it gets your attention right off the bat and it keeps it all the way to, through the end mm-hmm. with no dip. There's no there's no moment to like oh actually I do need to get down I have to go and get my laundry. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You're I just that. you're in it and you're in it and then at the end of it you're like oh my god suddenly I'm giving you my cash that I have in my pocket. Yeah. Take this. Take this, please. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And it, it's it's also akin to, I think, one or two songs that we've heard earlier on this album in particular, where it is it is that nonstop, it is that fast pace, and they don't give you any room to breathe. And before you know it, that, that four and a half minutes is gone. And sometimes I like that as an audience member and as a performer. I think that giving the audience a chance to think is really dangerous. And I think that that is a risk that Tull takes a lot. I think that it often pays off. Yeah. But it assumes a lot of intelligence on the part of the audience, which, fortunately, Jethro Tull audiences are usually self-selecting to be intelligent, thoughtful, intellectual types, whatever else they might be. Yeah. hmm But I sometimes like the experience of, like, being grabbed by a song or a performance and just taken right through to the end and then and then thinking about it later. Yeah. 
which is like you said, it's it's on the rarer side for Tull, so it's it is rather refreshing. It's rare, it's refreshing, it's a steak tartare of a Tull song. It is a surprise kiss on a cold autumn morning. It's <laughs> It's a it's a Bavarian cream filling in what you thought was an unfilled donut. It is a cold <laughs> tile floor on uh, after you get out of a hot shower. It's a it's a sock that you left on the radiator and you didn't realize was toasty warm until you put it on. We are just none of these analogies really work they, and they, they all have nothing in common. But I love this game. So, Nick, what else do we have to say about War Child 2? It is thinking you have five emails in your work email box and finding that it's empty. Because your email server crashed along with the economy. You don't have a job anymore. <laughs> but now you can just listen to Jethro Tull, so it's but fun. now your job is listening to Talk Tull to me. Exactly. So I have nothing else for for War Child too. I if if you have not heard it, dear sweet, supple candy flavored listeners, I I recommend you find it because yeah. that just for the accordion alone, like yeah, it's very nice accordion. Me. Yeah. yeah, I love the accordion there. Let's take this moment, Nick McGill, to to take the limelight of our minds and shine it for a moment on John Evan. What an amazing keyboardist we can't really call him a pianist right yeah although of course he is you know he plays the piano brilliantly he's an amazing organist he plays the accordion he plays the the concertina yeah and anything with keys basically if it's got keys his fingers are on it yep rook and i watched a video on how a guitar works this morning yeah it's, good get him started early it was, it was interesting yeah to say the least yeah. It's fun. It's just a synthesizer on not hanging around your neck, basically. Yeah, that's but, that's what I figured. It's not. It's yeah. not like a mini. It's not like a mini harpsichord where there are actual little strings in there, is it? Oh no, I would. I, I would love to see that though. I think you'd. That would be great. Yeah, you'd only play it if you can. If you can carry a three hundred pound object strapped around your neck for long periods of time. Right. So only like the the rock. The rock. Be. That was exactly what I was no. thinking. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah, no, John John Evan is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So, Nick, I think that does it for Warchild 2. Next week we have the final song on final song. the Warchild album. Nick McGill, what is it? It is another one that you have never heard before. Okay. That's right. It is Tomorrow Was Today. <laughs> what does it mean? What does, what it, does, mean? does it mean? <laughs> Make sure that before listening to our next episode you spend six hours in intense meditation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, do some do some hot yoga mm-hmm. do uh, some cold yoga do some cold yoga open up your chakras yep and pumpkin spice yoga pumpkin spice enema and yep. spicy release and uh and and then you'll be ready I, I think so i think so we'll we'll we will all reach the end of war child together and we will think to ourselves man 
what have I done with the last three months of my life? Yeah, we may all not survive, but we will honor those who have fallen. Yeah, we will haunt whoever picks up our our bones. Exactly. Until next week, whether it is acoustic or electric, we want to hear your review of our podcast. Are you ready for this one? Brace yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay, I have to th- I have to to think about it. <sighs> According to your preference to our podcast, give us one star or five stars. Yeah, no. That was I don't it. like it. That was it. I don't yep, five stars please if if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. I give that I give that <laughs> pun six stars. Oh. Yes, I yeah. will pocket that 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 last one and and save it, it for and, later when when you need it. Look at it at night and dream of dream of better times. Hmm. And as always, please share this podcast with your friends mm-hmm. or with your enemies. Yeah, or make make a friend, make a friend through our podcast. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until next week, I am <laughs> Omen Ot Said. And I'm I'm just I'm plain old Nick McGill. You're pumpkin spice Nick McGill. I'm pumpkin. Ooh, I'm I'm Nick Pumpkin Spice McGill. We are feckless momes, <laughs> and this is Talk Told to Me. It's like finding a, a seasoned curly fry in your batch of regular French fries. <laughs> yeah. It's thinking that you've eaten all of the cheddar cheese and then discovering that there was a quarter pound left in a Tupperware <gasps> at the back of the fridge. It's like bracing yourself to crawl into a cold bed during the winter but finding that your dog has been sleeping there for the last hour so your feet will be warm. It's thinking that you have to fold all of your laundry only to discover that your mother broke into your house and folded it and also did your dishes and then left. Why wouldn't she have a key? She (laughs) She does, but she broke in anyway. Yeah, exactly. She forgot it. (laughs) It's like drinking the last of your pumpkin spice latte and being disappointed, but you find the whipped cream at the bottom, so it's an extra special treat. It's getting into your vehicle after you haven't driven it for a couple of weeks and realizing that you left it with a full tank of gas. It's like starting a Tuesday morning and thinking, oh, the week has just begun. But then you look at your your podcast catcher and see that there's a new episode of Talk Tall to Me. It's like listening to Talk Tall to Me and then realizing that it's a proud member of the Feckless Momes audio network.